All right, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett, and we're going to be continuing our teaching this morning on being established in righteousness. And as I've taught every week so far, uh, that this teaching I've broken up over the years uh, is actually a foundational teaching in this church and in this ministry and everything that we do. Uh, but through the years, I've broken this teaching into uh, six different segments. And we're going to actually be starting the last segment, segment number six this morning, which I have a subtitle to called Behold. Behold. And so there's something that we're supposed to be seeing with the mind. There's supposed to be something we're supposed to be focused on and so endued in. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on this morning. So as we're talking about being established in righteousness. Uh, so anyway, with that said, I just wanted to let you know that all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousesabbatship.org. Excuse me. As well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we also want to say thank you to all those who have partnered with us with their tithes and their offerings. And in case you wonder how you can do so, you can simply go again to our website at lighthousedeceptionship.org. Go to our give page in the top right corner. It says give, it says a blue button, and you can give anywhere around the world. With that in mind, uh, let's go ahead and jump right on in. I think this is week 13 so far. Uh, session 13 that we've done so far in this teaching series. Again, as I just said, and I've been saying every week, I've broken up this teaching over the last 10 years or so into six different segments. And every time I teach it, it comes out different. Uh, but at the same point in time, it's the foundational teaching that we teach. And the subtitle to this uh, last segment that we're going to start this morning is called Behold. Because there's something that we need to be focused on. There's something that we need to see. There's something once we get a revelation of the gospel that reveals his righteousness. There's something that we need to, um, what's the word I want to work with? There's something that we need to comprehend. There's something that we need to so learn and be so imbued and, and so uh, permeated in. There's something that we need to get a revelation of. And that's how we filter everything through life, through this lens, through this focus, through this reality through this revelation, through this truth, uh, our Christ and us the hope of glory. <coughs> Excuse me. So with that said, let's go ahead and uh, jump in. Um, we're going to be, even through this teaching, we're going to be revisiting a lot of verses that we've already seen. We'll be introducing some new ones as well. But I'm really t this message really is bringing in together everything we've covered over the last 12 weeks in the last five sections. And we're now that I've taught it, now there's something that we need to behold. Now there's something that we need to be so focused on and be so permanent in, in, our, in our thinking and our tra and training. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and jump around in. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we covered this many times throughout this teaching so far, but we're going to look at it again. In Ephesians chapter 4, we'll, give, we'll pick up verse 20. And Paul says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have been taught, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. I want to pause here just for a moment. Okay, there's something that we need to so learn. There's something that we need to be so, this phrase, so learned in the Greek means to be permanent. To be saturated, to be so imbued in, and so there's there's something that we need to do, and it's 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 the truth that's in Jesus. 
Now, the truth is that Jesus is a colon here, so the next three verses is going to expound what that truth is that we need to so learn. And there's, so, there's truth that we need to learn. We have heard from him, and we have been taught by him. Okay? Jesus, the spirit of truth, has taught us this truth that we need to be old, that we need to so learn. Okay? That's what I've been trying to teach you. That's why it's the foundational teaching of this church. Okay? And so, with that, this truth that's in Jesus, <clears throat> beginning verse 22, that we put off, though, concerning your former conduct, <clears throat> the old man which goes corrupt according to the sequel of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on a new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, there's a lot here, but I, I, I like to hopefully simplify it for you. This truth that we are to so learn is that we put off the old man, and in the spirit of our mind, we put on the new man who is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. In previous weeks, I spent a lot of time talking about this last verse here. Okay, and in all, in all five verses here. But as we entitled this section, Behold, the word behold, by definition in the Greek, means to see with the mind. And what's verse 23 right here? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 23 is basically the definition of the word behold. Okay? There's something that we need, there's a concept, there is a teaching, there is a truth that we need to learn that it is renewing our mind. Now if you say out the word renew in the Greek, it means to renovate. This house, if I were to renovate this house and maybe change the, the windows or knock out a wall or add a wall or enlarge the property or change the decor, change the, the paint, get it out, redo all the electricity, redo all the lighting, redo the roofing, renovate it. There's many different ways I could renovate it, okay? But it means to renovate the mind. And there's a truth that we are to so learn. There's a truth that we are to be so imbued in. There's a truth that we are to be so permeated in that's been taught by Christ. <coughs> that we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. It says in Romans chapter 12 that be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This renewing of your mind, this thing that you behold, will transform your life. It's transformed my life. It's transformed many people's lives. What I'm teaching will transform your life. It will transform your life from the life of sin to a life of godliness and righteousness and holiness. You'll see the fruit of that in your life. This truth will change your health. It will change your wealth, your, your finances. It will change your relationships. It will affect your marriage. It will affect your parenting. It will affect you on the job. It will affect your business. This truth will transform your life. But you need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You need to behold something. You need to so learn something. You need to be so permeated and abused with something. This truth. That's in Jesus. And it's true. 
Excuse me. This truth that we need to be whole. This truth that we need to so learn. This truth that needs to be renewed in our minds. Is that we put off the old man. And we put on a new man. Who is created according to righteousness. According to God and true righteousness and holiness. Now a lot of people think that when I teach. I'm, not, I'm against holiness. No. Where I disagree with a lot of religious folks. Is not that we don't live holy. I, I will advocate holiness all day long. I will advocate godliness all day long. We're not going to disagree on that. Where a lot of religious folks and I will disagree on is how. A lot of people want to live holy and live righteously and live godly on their own merit. And not by putting on Christ. And that's the, me, the word antichrist, antichrist in the Greek, means instead of or against Christ. You want to be truly righteous and holy without Jesus. It can't happen. Okay? How do we don't want to live according to the former man, which goes corrupt according to the sequel lusts? I'm not advocating to live this way. I'm advocating to put off this man and put on the new man. But where do we do that? We do that in the spirit of our mind. We do that by beholding something. There's a truth that we need to so learn, that we need to be so imbued and permeated, and this truth that's been, that we've heard of Christ, been taught by Christ, and this truth is in Christ, that we put off the old man, and we put on the new man, which is created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Not self-righteousness. Which a lot of religious people teach. Because what they're teaching is self-righteousness. And Isaiah says, uh, self-righteousness is like filthy rags. And filthy rags in the Hebrew are dirty, saturated, feminine cross. Okay? I'm not trying to be crude. That's what, uh, that's what uh, filthy rags are. Okay? Self-righteousness is not true righteousness. Romans chapter 10 deals with that. Okay? We are put on true righteousness. And when you know, when you are renewed in your mind who you are by putting off one man and putting on the new man, that's called being born again. When you know who you are, when you are so learned and permeated in this truth that you put off one man and you put on a new man by being renovated and renewed in your mind. You'll stop living like this man and you'll start living like who you really are. And you'll be transformed from the inside out like a fruit tree. And not just being transformed by behavior modification on the outside. See, there's a lot of behavior modification. You can change the behavior, but the roots have never been changed. You've never been renewed in your mind. Just because you change some behavior, if you haven't renewed your mind... You're not beholding it. You haven't so learned something. You haven't been so permanent and saturated that you are doing it, you're doing self-righteousness, not true righteousness. You're not doing true holiness. Because only one thing can make you holy. Only one thing can make you holy. We talked about this last week in great detail. And only the blood of Jesus can make you holy. And if you think you can become holy because of your performance, instead of the blood of Jesus, 
That's the spirit of Antichrist. That is not, that is not what we are to so learn. That is not the truth, as in Jesus. Because you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But your self-righteousness will not set you free. You might see victory, you might see victory for a little while, but it won't be true righteousness and true holiness. Okay? So we want to be truly righteous on the inside out. Okay? So there's something that we need to behold. There's something that we need to renew the mind. How many of you know <coughs> renewing the mind is not just a one-time thing? It's a lifestyle. You will do this the rest of your days until Jesus comes. Okay. Have any of you ever renovated your, your house or your car or your wardrobe or your life or anything of that nature? Some renovations take a long time to do. You can't just do it overnight. You know, this mind has been programmed for years and for some of us for generations. We've been programmed to the old man based on our father and then our father's father and our father's father's father and then our father's 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 father and go on and on all the way through the ages. We've been programmed and we need to renew our mind that we are born again and our natural father is no longer our father, no disrespect to them, but we now have a heavenly father. We're born again, not a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible seed by the word of God. We're born again. We are children of God. And we need to renew our minds. You know, there's so many movies and stories and books I've read through the years of someone who was a slave for years, or they were lost, maybe on a desert island or somewhere in the jungle, or they were a POW, some type of concentration camp, I can't get that word out. And then they come back to civilization, and it takes a while to renew their mind. They're no longer a slave. They're no longer a castaway. They're no longer, they're no longer, um, excuse me, they're no longer a captive to their sins or whatever, whatever's going on. But anyway, it just, you know, and it takes a while for them to renew their mind that they are free. That they are no longer, they are now part of society and they don't have to live, they don't have to sleep on the floor anymore. They don't have to live in fear anymore. They're set free. And they're not being, they're not oppressed anymore. So it takes a while to renew the mind. Okay? So this is a process. I want people to live truly righteous and holiness. More importantly, I want them to put on a new man. I, more importantly, I want them to be so learn Christ because when they learn this, and what I'm talking about right now a lot is discipleship. We're supposed to disciple. It says in Matthew chapter 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I, can have, I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. Amen. So be it. 
a lot in here. Most of us know this because we know this as the Great Commission. And God has commissioned us to make disciples. He didn't say go make converts. He didn't say go evangelize. He said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into my name. Now, there's a couple of different things I'm going to piggyback on here, and uh, I'll try to get these into my door. One thing I just want to get out of the way, it's not my main teaching. I'm going to go down the rabbit hole just for a minute, but it's not the main teaching. But I'm going to, I need to say something to some people. There's a, there's a teaching out there, out there that we only baptize them into the name of Jesus. Okay? Not the name of the Father. And the sound of the and, and, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, we see what it says here, but then when you read the book of Acts, every time they got baptized, it says they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And so, a teaching has evolved through the years that we baptize only in the name of Jesus. And one of their main arguments is, is because in the book of Acts. That's all you see. They were baptized in the name of Jesus. They were not baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They were baptized in the name of Jesus. Even though it says it clear right here. And I'm okay with just baptizing in the name of Jesus as long as you understand Colossians 2.92. For in him, Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay? I'm not so picky about the terminology so much, okay? I'm not going to be legalistic about that, okay? But I want everyone to understand that in Jesus is the fullness of the, God, of the Godhead body. There is a trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole this morning and teach on trinity this morning, Okay? But in him, in Christ, dwells the fullness of the, of the Godhead bodily. Okay? And so, I've, that's enough said on that. Okay? That's another discussion for another time. Okay? But we're to go there for, and we're to go there for and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name. Okay? Now, <coughs> excuse me. Another thing I just want to get out of the way too is, well then, and this is where a lot of legalistic people come, well then you need to teach them to observe all the things I commanded you. And so therefore, people get very legalistic, teaching them to obey the law, obey the commandments. Can they see the word command? Okay? Now, I'm not saying there's not New Testament commandments, okay? But we've done, we've done a lot of teaching in this series about how we are no longer under the law. By the, by the deeds of the law, no flesh can be justified. So we're not going to teach all this and then go back to the bond running. We're not going to go back to bondage, bondage. Okay? But I also want to remind you something I did say in First John chapter 3. This is the commandment that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gives commandment. And there's many other ways I can tie this in, but I just want to remind you something we've already taught, that we're going to observe all the things that God commanded you. Well, what's his commandment? That we believe on his name. And that's what we're talking about, baptizing them in his name. Okay, now, one way I like to also teach it to 
Let's get back here. You know, we're baptizing into the name of Jesus. There's something about a name. And I teach, I've taught this many, many times through the years. Um, my wife, when we got married, her maiden name was England. My last name is Everett. And when we got married, and when the two became one flesh, she, I don't know how I might do it in some of your cultures, but how we do it in our culture, she changed her name. We were actually married a year, and we got married. We got married properly, and we got married properly through, through the legal system here, too, okay, the civil system. But when she got a, tried to get a job one year later, she forgot we didn't change her name with social, the Social Security office. And so we were living in Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin, and it's a town of 6,000 people. We had to drive two hours to Madison, Wisconsin, and go to the Social Security office so we can get her name changed. Why? Because she couldn't legally, uh, at the bank, she couldn't sign her name, Dave, I mean, Sherry Everett, until she legally got her name changed. And she couldn't sign it, Sherry England, because that's not who she was anymore. She was baptized, emerged into my name. We became one flesh. See, a name is powerful. See, when you sign your name, on a check, or you sign your name on a document, that signature, that name, that signature, gives you authority for that transaction or that document to do what the document says it's going to do. Are you swearing something that's true, or whatever the case might be? That, that, that name gives you not only authority to sign a check or endorse a check or sign a document. But that name also gives you an identity. She is not Sherry England. She was. And nothing wrong with that. She's from a great family. But she is no longer that. She is now Sherry Everett. And that is who she is. We are, we were dead in our sins. I'm going to go back to where we were before a minute ago. But we were in the old man. We were, we were still in Adam. But we became born again into Christ. And we're now baptized into the name of Jesus because that's who we are. We are now a child of God. We are now a... Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. And we are... Jesus is not just our, our Savior and our healer and so many other names. He's also our brother in Christ. He's our firstborn of many brethren. We are co-heirs with Christ. And we have the, we share the same Father. The Father of lights, the Ancient of Days. And there's so much I can go on from that. Okay? <clears throat> Hopefully this is making sense um, so far. But we'll go back to where I want to be. So we're talking about making disciples of all nations. Now I'm not against evangelism. I'm not against people trying to get people to be born again. And I want to be careful here. And so I'm praying the Holy Spirit helps me bring my words. But 
You know, a lot of posts, for example, I see on Facebook, and I say that because I'm on Facebook teaching right now, is a lot of people are trying to get people to be, come to Christ by changing their behavior. And I'm all against changing. I mean, excuse me, I said it wrong. I'm all for changing their behavior. <coughs> But changing their behavior is not going to get them born again. They need to receive Jesus. And they're not going to change their behavior until they receive Jesus and become born again. I want them to change their behavior, but they can't change their behavior until they get a new nature. Until they're born again. And our job as a church is not to convert them. Our job is to make disciples. Discipleship requires teaching. And we are to teach them to a certain thing that I commanded you. And there's many things that Jesus commanded us. And it's three and a half years that he was in ministry. <coughs> and we're going to be expounding on this, what I'm trying to convey right now in this, in this, in, in this uh, segment of my teaching. Okay. So bear with me. I'm just barely getting started here. Okay, I don't know how far I'll get today, but I'm barely getting started here. So, I mean, I mean I'm not done with this. But in teaching this, let me add another verse to, uh, to the mix. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. And there's another very popular teaching or scripture. And Peter, you know, this is on the day of Pentecost. This is the first, this is when the church was born. And this is the first, <coughs> first message that Peter preached. As the church was born, the 3,000 people got saved in this day. And then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot being said in this very powerful message, a very popular message. Again, we see he's baptized in the name. Okay? Again, if you see... He was only baptized in the name of Jesus, and that's where the, the, the that's where the, the doctrine starts with that. Okay, but again, we know that in Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay, so we already dealt with that. All right. So, um, but repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Let's start with this word repent, because I hear that word a lot. Especially on Facebook. Now, am I against repentance? No. I'm all for repentance. But what does the word repent mean? It means, in the Greek, it means to change the mind. That's what it means. So are you saying, Pastor, it doesn't mean changing your behavior? It includes that. But that's not where it starts. That should be the, that should be the byproduct of it. That should be one of the byproducts of it, let me say it that way. 
is not the only byproduct. If all you do is change your behavior, but you never receive Jesus, and you never have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then what good is repentance? Who wants to be the best sinner in hell? So, so many people have made Christianity all about living godly and living holy, and they left Jesus out of the whole equation. I'm all about living godly and holy and righteously. But living a pious life, living a godly life, is not the goal of Christianity. A relationship with God through Jesus Christ is the goal. Of that fruit, <coughs> of that fruit we, will, we will change our behavior. We will change the way we live. We will change our, because we change our identity, and we change our nature, and we're going to get to that. We've been teaching that, but we're going to get to that, okay? I've said this before. If we are living in sin, and we've got to turn around and repent, we are turning to Jesus, and by turning to Jesus, we are turning away from sin. The goal is not turning from sin. The goal is turning to Jesus and by therefore turning away from sin. And this Jesus that we're turning to, he paid for our sins. He paid a penalty for our sins. And he gave us a new nature. And the fruit of that, the fruit of that is a relationship with God first and foremost. And the fruit of that also includes we're not living the way we used to. We're not living like the devil anymore. We're living like who we are in Christ. Because it's only Christ and his blood that can cleanse me from the sin. It's only by walking in the spirit that I won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Repent. Change your minds. And let every one of you be baptized into the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The reason, remission of sins is not in my repentance. The remission of my sins is in Jesus. Now there's another teaching out there. That until we get baptized into water, there's no remission of sins. That's not true either. Do I believe in water baptism? Absolutely. And some of you, you've been saved, but you waited way too long. You need to get baptized. Now, is baptized a commandment? Yes. Is it a requirement to be saved? No. Water baptism is an outward expression of what already took place in the heart. You can't express something that took place in the heart if you haven't done what's in the heart first. You can't express something in the heart if what's in the heart is not even there.
trying to get my train of thought. Excuse me. Pardon the interruption. Okay. So, water baptism is the outward expression of what already took place in the heart. See, one way I like to express it, let's take my wife and I getting married again. When my wife and I got married, we had a wedding ceremony. And I don't know how it's done in every culture, but I can always talk how it's done in our culture. Okay? In our culture, yes, we had a ceremony, but that's not what legally married us in the United States. What legally married us in the United States was that we signed a piece of paper called a marriage certificate. And in that marriage certificate that was submitted to the county, we became married. And we had a clergy, we had witnesses, and that's how we became married. And so it's not the ceremony that married us and made our marriage legal. It is a certificate. Water baptism is the ceremony. How we become saved is by receiving Jesus Christ. So receiving Jesus Christ is how we become saved. And when we become born again, we want to express that to the world. Sherry and I could have easily gone down to the courthouse and got married. Or gone to Vegas or somewhere else and got married. And that would have been legal or whatnot. But we not only wanted to get married legally, we wanted the world to know Sherry and I are now husband and wife. And it was a ceremony. It was an outward expression of what we were doing together legally, spiritually, in every which way. We had a ceremony to celebrate our union together. But that, that ceremony that did not is not what constituted our marriage. Okay? Water baptism is not how we get saved, but it's how we express that to the world. I am now baptized into the name of Jesus. Where did I become baptized? When I Romans 10, 9 to 10 says, when I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, I am saved. We confess with our mouth, and we, but we believe in our heart. Just confessing with our mouth but not believing in our heart is not salvation. We must confess it, yes, but we must believe it too. If all you do is get water baptized, but there's no believing in the heart, that's not salvation. Now, have I seen people get saved out of water baptism? Absolutely. Water baptisms can be very evangelistic, and I'm not against evangelism. What I rather, what I'm more for is seeing um, discipleship evangelism. I'm not wiping out that we don't want to convert people. There needs to be a starting point. But our job is to make disciples. We want to bring them to Christ, and then we want to bring them up in Christ. And that's a process. When Sherry and I got married, it was a process of learning, again, still learning about each other. We did that during our courtship, during our dating time. 
but there was still a learning curve after we got married about living together, doing life together, making decisions together, and whatnot. And that was a learning curve. For us, we didn't find a huge challenge with that, but some, some people it's more challenging. Okay? When you were when we're, you were born, you didn't learn everything. You had to learn social skills. You had to learn math. You had to learn writing and reading, reading and writing. You had to learn many things like science and history and whatnot. You had to learn how to ride a bike. You had to learn how to drive a car. You had to learn how to do different things. Being born again the same way. You don't just because you're born again, you don't know everything yet. <coughs> you need to be discipled in who you are in Christ. Some of you don't even know what's wrong or what's right until you get discipled. Some of you don't. You know, so I know some people. They didn't know cussing was bad until they were taught. And yet some churches, they have no grace to teach people. I mean, let them be discipled. And through time, they'll change their mouth. Through time, they'll change their behaviors. Through time. But they need to be discipled. Not everyone grew up just like you. Not everyone grew up in your culture. Not everyone grew up in your society, in your household, and with your, your morals. Some people just have not been taught. And just because they're born again doesn't mean they haven't been taught yet. Or maybe they're, been, they're born again, but they're in a church that just doesn't teach that. You know, and I can get on the bandwagon and get against that church, but let's disciple people, okay? And so, hopefully I'm making sense with this. All right? Um, I want to move forward. So, let's go back here to Acts 2.38. Be baptized into the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Okay? The remission of sins is not in the water. The remission of sins is not in repentance. The remission of sins is in Jesus Christ. We've already covered this. Remember last week we talked about, Robert, we all have sinned and fall short of glory of God being justified freely by His grace. Through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Redemption is in Jesus Christ. It's not in your repentance. It's not in the water. Yes, by turning to Jesus, we are turning from sin. Yes, by putting off the old man, we're putting on the new man. Okay? <coughs> yes, we are expressing outwardly what we've done inwardly. But redemption is in Jesus Redemption is in Jesus Christ. It's free. You can't earn it. You can't merit it. Okay. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Redemption is only through his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness, because of the forbearance God passed over the sins that were previously committed. Excuse me, wrong way. Whom God set forth uh, to demonstrate at this present time his righteousness, that he might be just, and then justify the one who has faith in Jesus. This redemption is only in Jesus. It's the blood of the covenant that he has enjoined it to us. Then likewise he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the mystery according to the law. Almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood there is no remission. Okay? Remission of sins is only in the blood of Jesus. And yet with many people, I'm going to go back real quick to Acts 2.38. We think that remission of sins is in the water. Well, if that's true, then Hebrews chapter 9 is not true. A lot of people have omitted 
that they, they had exalted water baptism and they debunked the blood of Jesus. That's horrible. Anytime you exalt anything above Jesus and his blood, you're a false doctrine. The only way you can, your sins are remitted is because of the blood of Jesus. And we need to be discipled to know who we are. Now we put off the old man and be renewed in the mind that we put on the new man who is created according to righteousness and true righteousness and holiness. We need to be renewed. We need to be discipled. A disciple, the word disciple and the word discipline are almost the exact same word in the Greek. And there's we need to be a disciplined student of the word. We need to be a disciplined student of being taught the word of God. Being discipled and being trained and being permeated and renewing and renovating the mind who we are. And that's a process. It's a process. Okay? But we repent. Baptize in the name of Jesus for the remission. And we, we know that remission of sins is only in Jesus. And Luke, we talked about the road of Emmaus last week. But at the end of that whole journey, Jesus, after he appeared to the eleven, said, <coughs> he said, and thus it was written, thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance, see, I'm not against repentance, and remission of sins should be preached, where in his name, to all nations. Okay? See, we are baptized into his name. It's not the water. It's his name. We are baptized into Jesus. Now we need to repent that the remission of sins should be preached in his name. Repentance is not in ourselves. If all we do is change our behavior, but we don't turn to his name, we don't become baptized into his name, we don't become emerged into his name. See, it's water baptism. I'm all for it. And some of you need to do it. I haven't done it. What are, you, what are you waiting for? Okay? But at the same point in time, it's an outward expression of an inner reality. And as long as you have the inner reality, you are born again. And your sins are remitted if you receive Jesus. Because re remission of sins is in Jesus and Jesus alone. Okay? Uh, there's much more I'd love to teach on that right now. I'll teach on repentance in more detail soon. This is the blood of the... Because this is the... Why, why is this true? Because the blood of the covenant that God has enjoined you, it's, a, it's this covenant. God made a covenant with us through Jesus Christ. He's made a covenant. And this blood covenant, it's a blood covenant. And this blood covenant is enforced because Jesus died for our sins. He already paid the penalty. God can't judge you for the same sin that Jesus already paid for. That's called double jeopardy. 
And God's not, not going to do that. God will honor his word above his name. We're talking a little about his name this morning. But God says he will honor his word above his name. God is not going to judge you for the same sins Jesus died on the cross for. Are you saying everyone goes to heaven? No. Because you have a choice to receive this propitiation or reject it. I've taught this already, so I feel like in some ways I'm teaching this again. But in 2 Corinthians, it says that God is not judging the sins of the Lord. He's not imputing sins to us. He's only reconciled the world to himself. But you be reconciled to God, because he who knew no sin became sin, that you might become the righteous God of him. God reconciled you to himself. But if you reject that reconciliation, you don't reconcile it on your own account. You don't receive Jesus on your own account. If you reject, if you snuff out and reject his grace and his propitiation, if you reject his remission of your sins, then you haven't repented. Repented and saying, I am not going to do it my way. I'm going to do it his way. And I'm going to receive Jesus. Repentance is changing the mind. And we need to change our mind and receive Jesus. Repent and be baptized into the name of Jesus. I don't feel like I'm doing this enough uh, services this morning. I need to teach on repentance in a lot more detail um, in so many ways. I'm hoping I'm making sense this morning. Okay, Let me expound on some other scriptures we've already used. Hoping some of this will tie in. For, we, for all have sinned and fall short of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that's in Christ. This redemption is in Jesus. We've all fallen short. Whom God has set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. For in His foremost God have passed over sins that were previously committed. Whom, to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of those who put their faith in Jesus. So anyway... I just uh, I hope I'm making sense this morning, and I apologize again for any distractions, but we need to repent and let every one of you be baptized into the name of Jesus. It's not the water. The water is important, and I believe we need to all be water baptized, okay? But it's about being emerged into the name of Jesus, and that is done inwardly. It's, it's expressed outwardly through water baptism. <coughs> but true baptism is the circumcision of the heart. Paul deals with this in Colossians. We need to put off the old man. In the spirit of our mind, we put on the new man. That's baptism of the heart. We are emerged into Jesus Christ. And it's that emerging into Christ where we find the remission of our sin. We were buried with him in baptism and were raised with him in the newness of life, Romans chapter 6. Okay. Jesus had to suffer and die and, die and raise again so, so that we could preach repentance and remission should be preached in his name. So many of us are preaching repentance, but we, we don't, we're not doing it in the name of Jesus. So many people, and, and I don't know if I'm clarifying this enough. I don't know if I'm teaching it good enough. I want you to get this. And I can teach it to you, but you need to get a revelation of this by the Holy Spirit. Because when you learn this, this is what we need to behold. 
This is what we need to so learn. This is what we need to be so permeated in. This is what we need to, 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 be, to, to be so focused on and get this message, this revelation of the gospel of Christ that reveals his righteousness. That in Jesus and Jesus alone, that our sins are remitted, that we are, and, and in that process, we are emerged into Jesus. We are making disciples, we're teaching this, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're teaching them. We're getting them, see, this whole message is about being established in righteousness. I want you to become so emerged, so established, so grounded, so permanent, so, and it's, it's a discipleship process of learning and knowing who you are. Because in Christ, we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. We are become one flesh with God through Jesus Christ. Many people use this in marriage, and that's the context. But even Paul says in context that he's not talking about marriage. He's talking about Christ and the church. He's using, he uses marriage as an allegory. To teach that we are one flesh with Jesus. We're one flesh. We're married. We're baptized. We are emerged into Jesus Christ. And it's through that emerging into Jesus that we have a relationship with God. Without Jesus, see, when you stand before God one day, you either stand before God in Jesus or in Adam. You're not going to stand on your own. You are either baptized into Jesus, or you're baptized, you're still in your sins in Adam. There's no difference. There's not a third option. When you stand before God, you either have Christ, or you don't. And see, God knows reality more than we know reality. And God, if you're born again, God sees you in Christ. He doesn't see you in yourself. He doesn't see you with your family name or anything else. He sees you in Jesus. And he wants you to behold that. He wants you to see that. He wants you to know who you are in him. And you can't live like who you are in him if you don't even know who you are. You're still trying to get who you... Some of you are trying to become who you already are. And that's just... That's like you chasing your tail. You already have a tail. You don't need to chase it. You already got it. Okay? Some of you are chasing your tail. And it's, it's ludicrous. It's just wrong. It's absurd. Um, okay? We need to know who we are. And be so permanent and, and imbued in that. We need to behold that we are a child of God. We're born again. See, I... I through the years, even after I was in ministry, I had some hang-ups. I got some into some addictions and stuff. You know what set me free? Was a fresh revelation of the righteousness of God. And knowing that, understanding, I didn't, in my early years, I didn't understand righteousness. I thought I did, but I didn't. And when I got a revelation of righteousness, everything I'm trying to teach you, it set me free. And any time my flesh wants to revive and, 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 uh, and lust wants to rise us up, I'm just reminded who I am in Christ. And it's an antidote to not only to, to stay free from sin. 
Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Awake to righteousness and sin not. The key to not sinning not is knowing who you are righteous. I'm not trying to become righteous. I know that I am in Christ and that enables me not to sin. Because I don't want to live like who I'm not. I want to live like who I am. I'm righteous. I'm holy in Christ. Okay? And it doesn't set me free from sin. That set me free. That set me free to sin. Because sinning is not freedom. It's bondage. Okay? We need a revelation of I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives. We're baptized unto him. If I am crucified, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ. And the life I which now live, I live in the rest of my faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It takes faith to renew our minds that we put off the old man and we're now put on the new man who's created according to God and righteousness. We can only do that by faith. <coughs> but we need a revelation that we have put, we've been crucified with Christ. Our old man, we put off the old man. We cut off the old man. We circumcise the old man. The old man is dead. I reckon myself to be dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Romans 6, 11. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ. I love this verse. In many ways, this has become almost my second favorite verse. Because I have to have this revelation every day. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ. That's what we need to behold. I've been baptized into Christ. I've been Buried with him in baptism. I'm crucified with Christ. I was buried into it through the baptism. I was emerged into Christ. And, the, and the, the man who came out of the water was not the old man of sin that was buried. It's a new man created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I was baptized into Christ. I've been crucified with him. I'm baptized into him. I'm one flesh with him. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ. I can say that a thousand times and maybe I need to just have a message where that's all I say for one whole hour. I'm crucified. It's no longer I who live but it's Christ. It's no longer I who live but it's Christ. It's no longer I who live but it's Christ. Many of you need a revelation of that. And you need to behold. Because that's what this message is about. This segment. Behold. See with the mind. Be renewed. And your spirit be mind that you have already put on the new man. Who's created according to God and true righteousness and holiness? It's Christ. Christ lives in you. The one who loved you and gave himself for you. <coughs> That's how you live your life. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's how you live your life. You need this revelation so you can live your life. Remember we taught this a while back, several weeks ago? That Christ may dwell in your hearts? That's being baptized into Christ? Christ dwelling in your hearts through faith? Being rooted and grounded? Being imbued and permeated? Being established in righteousness? Being rooted and grounded in his love? What's love? Not that you love him, but that he loved you and became the propitiation for your sins. Maybe you have to comprehend with all the saints, what is the, the, the full dimension, the width, length, and depth, and height, 
to know the love of God, to experience, to be intimate with. Which, Pastor Nardo, you may be filled with the fullness of God. That's baptism. And my guess is the actual ceremony of the water. No, I've already done with that. I think it's, everyone needs to do that if they're born again. But don't make the ceremony the main thing. Don't make your wedding ceremony the main Make the marriage the main thing. I'm more concerned about your marriage than the ceremony. I don't care if you have cake at your wedding. I don't care if you have food. Some people complain about how we did our wedding. They don't get a food. It's our wedding. More importantly, it's our marriage. They don't get a vote. Okay? Anyway, off that one. I don't know why you're Again, we need to be, we need to know who we are in Christ. Remember, we talked about this too. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. God sent his son, when we got son into the world, that we might live through him. Many people have missed it. This is everything I'm trying to teach right now is the main purpose of the gospel, main purpose of being born again and being baptized in Christ, that Christ may live, that we might live our life through Christ, that we might, that it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ, that we might be filled with the force of God. And on and on we can go. We just need to know who we are and behold that. See in the mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be re let your mind be renovated with this truth. Some of you just need to totally be saturated in this. Know who you are. <coughs> How did your sins get remitted? Through the blood of Jesus. Repent. Change your minds. Change the way you're thinking. Be immersed into Christ. And that's what baptize, be baptized. Be emerged. You're not sprinkled with Christ. They sprinkled in the Old Testament blood. We're emerged. Do that cannonball. You're right. Get all the way in there. You're in you're in there. I I mean, we have the fullness of God. This is no sprinkling stuff. We are full over the amplifier says we're overflowing with God Himself. We're so immersed into Christ. We have the fullness of Him. And then if you're like, well, it's only Jesus. No, no, the fullness of God, the God has bodily, is in Him. The fullness of God. And this one is not even Christ, this is God. <laughs> okay? Jesus said, You see me, you see the Father. Anyway, I, I gotta get off some of these relatives. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. The whole purpose of the cross, of him becoming our propitiation, was that we might live through him. In him we live and we move and we have our being. We need to teach this. We need to disciple people. There's so many, I mean, there's so, I mean to the world, and I see this on Facebook, we're trying to get people to change their behavior so they can receive Jesus. That's not the gospel. That's not the word of God. No, when they receive Jesus, and Jesus in them changes their behavior. 
change of behavior is not the goal, it's one of the byproducts. And I'm, I'm all for godliness, I'm all for holiness, I'm all for living right, I'm all for, I'm not endorsing sin, I'm, uh, I, sin, sin's stupid. Okay, that's not who you are. Stop, looking, stop living like a dead man, stop living like the devil. Okay, that's not who you are. We're born again. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. And the rights of God in Christ, have, there's no sin there. There's no, there's no wickedness there. It's righteous. It's God. It's godly. Okay? Sorry, I got off. I had a good point I was going to make. But we're disciples. We're getting people so permeated in who they are. Not just so they can live right and not doing sin. See, there's sins of commission, but there's sins of omission, too. There's not things that you should not be doing anymore, but many of you are not doing what you should be doing. Anything that's not a faith is sin. You should be healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. You should be making disciples. And so if you're just trying to make converts, we're supposed to go make disciples of all nations. My job is to make disciples. In that process, there's, there's conversion taking place. But that's not the whole job. So there's not only things that we shouldn't be doing, there's things that we should be doing. We should be walking by faith, not by anything that's not anything that's not a faith to sin. Where are you not trusting God in your life? Some of you are, you, you put your faith in the water, or put your faith in Jesus only, but you don't have to put your faith in the Godhead. And then, I mean, I could go on so many rabbit trails right now. But anything that's not a faith of sin. My whole point is, there's God, we're supposed to be doing it where God, we live our life through Him. We're crucified with Christ. It's no longer us, we're living with Christ. We can make Christianity, this whole Christianity so easy. If we get back to the basics and realize who we are in Christ. So many of you are so overwhelmed and stressed out spiritually. You're trying to do this and you're trying to do that and you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. You just need to be humbled. And know who you are in Christ. Because it's not you who's living. It's Christ. You die. And it's not you who's doing it. The life you live, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. And in this love, love, God was man, that we might live through him. Stop trying to live on your own. And live in him. Rest in his goodness. And he will Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the mystery. This is the purpose. We're supposed to make disciples, baptizing them into this Jesus. That they are no longer, they, they, that by being baptized into his name, not only did they change their nature, from being born in Adam to now being born in Christ, being born of God. It also changed their identity. 
have a new name. I am not, some people say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not. I was a sinner. I ain't no more. I like to say by grace part. But I not I'm not a sinner. I am a child of God. And then people say, Well, you're self-righteous, arrogant. Tell me what you want. I don't care because that's not my name. My name is baptized in the name of Jesus. And I'm gonna believe you think I'm going to believe you who is being sarcastic and mocking the Word of God? I'm going to believe the Word of God. I'm going to know who I am and I'm going to be secure there. Because I value His opinion. If you don't agree with the Word of God, I don't value your opinion. And some people are going to get offended on that. So, you know, some people just need to be offended. <laughs> I'm getting on some rabbit, a lot of rabbit trails this morning. I don't, I don't mean to do that. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying I'm exalting the word of God. And anyone who has an argument with that has an argument with God, not me. Again, we need to go repent. Change your mind. Change the way you're thinking. Because a lot of what I'm teaching right now, change the way you're thinking. And let everyone of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's a whole other teaching. Later this year, I'm going to be teaching on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need to teach that. Jesus taught it a lot. Jesus said, we taught a lot about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be teaching that in the, in the, months, in the months to come. So, um, where are we at? I'm just about out of time. I didn't get even the half as far as I thought I was going to get this morning. And that is okay. Totally okay. So I'll pick it up right here. So um, I'm going to wrap it up here because I think it was a good some point. I don't want to get into another train of thought that I can't finish in two minutes. So um, anyway, um, hoping you got some stuff out of this. Uh, this is very foundational, but, very, but the foundation, righteousness is the foundation of the strong. And uh, see, a lot, if you don't get a lot what I'm trying to teach, everything you build on top of it will be wrong. It will be misconstrued. I know we had a little bit of distractions this morning. And life is going to happen sometimes. Life is going to be a bunch of rough, fair roses. Okay? Um, you know, and there can be distractions on your end, not just on my end with me teaching this. You know, maybe the sound's not working, or your, your device is not working, or you have noise in your background. So, but get all that stuff. That's just, that's just stuff. Focus on the message, what I'm trying to convey here. And more importantly, I can teach it, but the Holy Spirit's got to make it real to you. Okay. And what I'm teaching has transformed my life, has transformed many other people's lives. But it's because of what I'm teaching, and all this, there's something that we need to behold. There's something we need to be so imbued and permeated in, and that, that needs to be our focus. Our focus needs to be that... That we're living through Him. Christ is living in us. We have merged. We become one flesh. And we need to allow Christ to live in us and through us. We've made Christianity so complicated. And, well, 
need to teach people to repent. Yes, we need to teach people to repent. But turning to Jesus, I'm going to focus on turning people to Jesus. But turning to Jesus, they're turning from sin. And if all they do is turn from, from, from sin, but never turn to Jesus, they're going to go right back to their vomit. Why? Because <coughs> Jesus is the only one who can set them free from going back. If all you do, it's like, you know, that's the guy, the guy who gives you a fish dinner instead of teaching you how to fish. If I teach you how to fish, you can have a fish dinner time and time and time and time again. I want to teach you so you can not only be free, but stay free. And truly get free. Because if all you do is repent and change from sin, but you never turn to Jesus, you never receive Jesus. If all you do is change your mind, but you never receive Jesus. And you're not living your life through him, he's not living your life through you, then what are we doing? Because that's not Christianity, that's religion. I'm not, it's not, the, Christian, the core of Christianity is not just living a godly life. That is one of the, the major, one of the major um, byproducts of it. But the major point is a relationship with God. And out of that relationship comes temperance, godliness, holiness. But if you don't have the relationship, all you have is because even if you ch stop sinning, if you don't get those sins remitted, because you haven't received Jesus, then you're still going to hell. I'm not talking to those who haven't been born again. I'm talking to those who because if if you're trying to reach the, those who are not saved, and all you teach them is stop sinning, but you don't tell them to receive Jesus. Just because they stopped sinning, they're still not born again yet. And John says he writes the same, so we don't we don't sin, but if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And that's a whole other teaching. I've probably taught a lot of that already. Um, I don't have time. I'm already out of time now. I'm over time. Um, so, but anyway, we need to know who we are in Christ, and that will help us not to sin. More importantly, it will teach us how to have a relationship with God. And God to let Christ to live his life through us and us to live through Christ. Because the best thing about heaven is not just that there won't be any more sin. There won't be and there won't be any curse. But we get to have a relationship with God face to face. And that is the goal. That is the purpose. The best thing about your Garden of Eden was not the nakedness, was not the fruit, was not all these different things, but was, was walking with God in the coolness of the day. They had a relationship that was having free access to the tree of life. Anytime, every time they wanted it. And also, we'll, we'll, we'll stand on a lot of stuff. But anyway, uh, you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.